to the Love Life Church podcast and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. I am pumped up. I am excited. I am passionate. I am on fire because we are on week six. Let's go. We're on week six studying the life of David, come on, the giant killer, the songwriter, the worshiper, woo-wee, under my feet, oh giant, come on guys, it's time to get excited, it's time to wake up to the times and just put under your feet the giant, you already have the victory in Christ Jesus, it's time for us to wake up to who we are in Christ Jesus. He is our champion. He is the head. We are the body. Come on. If your head's winning, so is your body, right? All of you is winning. Woo! In Christ our champion. We all know that I can't sing, but that's okay. There's, there's forgiveness because I got a lot of passion. Tons of forgiveness. You know why there's tons of forgiveness? Because I be giving forgiveness out. Just giving it out. And it all comes back in return. Let's go. Week six, the study of David, right? David had what? He had a real personal relationship with God for himself. He had a relationship with God that he had a confidence. He had a trust. And he had a heart level. He had a heart level. How many know you can know something and then you can know something? Like you're solid. There's no shaking you. You know that you know your name. Somebody could try to tell you, no, that's not your name. And sometimes when you're real little and you're still figuring out your name, you're like, it's not. But then you get to a point and you know your name. People can call you other things, but you know your name. Right? You're unshakable. That's your name. Why? Because that's what your mama named you. People could call you something else. You know what's funny is I know when somebody's calling me and their family. Because everybody in my family calls me Sasha. So, like, my family would be like, Sash, Sasha. So if I hear Sash, Sasha, then I know it's like family. But somewhere along the, along the way, I don't know, maybe like fourth grade, fifth grade, I introduced myself as Sasha. One day I became Sasha. You know, everybody, it was like, it wasn't cool. There wasn't a cool name in the 80s. It, it's maybe cool now or, you know, like unique. Guys, it's just these millennials had these kids and we got all these weird names, right? Apple, tree, bark, willow. I mean, willow's cute, but whatever. You know what I mean? I would think that. But anyways, you're confident you're securing your name, Right? It's time to be confident and secure in the word of God. And David was confident and he was secure in his relationship with God. He was confident and he was secure that God was with him. That God was with him. 
that God was for him, right? That God would deliver him, that God had done it before and God would do it again. How many of y'all need to remember the fragments? How many need to look back on your life and remember how good God's been? You need to look back on your life and say, God brought me through that. He brought my family through this and he will do it again and he will do it again. Come on, and he'll do it again. Again, for those in the back, can I get a witness? He will do it again. Let's go. He will do it again and again. And David had that kind of confidence because he had that kind of trust. He had that kind of relationship with God. He had a strong foundation that God was with him, that God would never leave him. And that gave him confidence. That security with his relationship with God gave him confidence to what? To go after the giant with just a sling and just a rock. How many are ready to go after the giant? It takes confidence. Let's go. Come on. It takes confidence in your relationship with God. It takes confidence in your relationship that you already have the victory in Christ Jesus, but you still got to get up and go. We're waiting for God, do it. And God says, I did it. It is finished at the cross. We got to get up and go. We got we to gotta stop hiding from our giants. We got to stop being intimidated by these giants. Sickness, disease, poverty, lack, insecurity, right? Just calling at us, yelling at us in our own backyard, making fun of us. It's time to be like, David, run up there and say, you got to go. Get out, right? He had a strong foundation. God was with him. David goes, takes out Goliath with just a sling and a rock. And David gives God all of the glory. David gives God all of the glory. He said, everybody in this world will know that there's a real God. There's a true God in Israel, and he's about to deliver you into my hand, right? Let's go. He, and he gives God all of the glory. Then David makes a covenant agreement with Jonathan. Last week, we talked about the loyal ones. We talked about the real ones. Come on. You got to be one to find one. It was, it was quiet last week. That's all right. We came back, we went over that message, right? David makes a covenant agreement with Jonathan, the son of King Saul. And Jonathan recognizes that God is with David. Let's just imagine this. You have the king, right? He's head and shoulders above everybody. King Saul, he's strong. He's a warrior, right? You got his son. You got the whole army looking to the king. And the king and everybody is afraid of Goliath? The whole army, the son is looking at his dad like, dad, come on, lead the way. So Jonathan witnesses David come up on the scene, and Jonathan's like, God's with him. Because there's no way that this could happen without God. So Jonathan recognizes God is with David. Jonathan puts his royalty, his entitlement to the side, and he recognizes God has anointed David. So Jonathan makes a loyalty agreement. He makes a covenant relationship. He makes a, he makes a covenant with his future. He can see what the future looks like, and he's like, I'm making a covenant right here, right there, right? He makes a brotherhood pact between them and the Lord. From that moment on, Jonathan loved David as his own soul. That's a loyal friend. 
We got any loyal ones in the building? Come on, loyalty rising up. Love and loyalty written on our hearts, right? That's a loyal one that sticks closer than a brother. A true friend lays down one's own life, lays down one's own pride. How many of you know we got to lay that thing down every day? Lays down one's own selfish ambition. And then you ready for this? Again and again and again because that's a true friend. That's a rare one. When you find one, do everything to keep them. You got to be one to find one. Come on, start sowing sewing that loyalty. Sow loyalty. Have each other's back. Cover each other with the word of God. Love covers a multitude of sin. Cover each other. Have each other's back. Speak the truth in love. Be there for each other. Show up. Show up. People just need people to show up. Show up. And then again, show up. Why? Because you need people to show up from you. We all have days. It, you know, them days, just one of them days. Oh, the 90s stuff. The songs that roll through this head. We're just going to reel them in, okay? Again and again, David continues to have great success. David continues to have victory over all of his enemies. King Saul gets very jealous of David. And here's where the mood swings start. King Saul, he be moody. And he be swingy. This is where the kill orders start. Kill orders. This is where the manhunt for David starts. Let me tell you, you've got an army that's on a manhunt and your name is the manhunt. That's scary. David's trusting God. He's also having victories. God's directing him. He's talking to God. Should I go here? Should I go there? He's seeking counsel. And he's getting hooked up. So people are coming to him. He's building a little army. And read the story, guys. It's so fun. We don't have time to read every story. But you guys want the best novella. You want the best TV show. You want the best movie. Get in the Bible. It's wild in there. Like, we're going to talk about more stories about David. But anyways. Because he has a couple failures, too. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, that's for coming up. All right. So... We're going to jump into the story where David spares Saul's life when he has the chance to kill him. David spares Saul. We're going to be talking about biblical authority. And everybody's like, huh, what? Guys, we need a great understanding of biblical authority. Do you know the moment that you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you enter into his kingdom? And so we need to get off the throne of our life and put Jesus, King Jesus, on that throne, right? So we're going to learn what biblical authority looks like. We're going to learn what it means to have a heart of submission. Submission is a hard attitude. It cannot be forced. Obedience can be forced. And all the parents of toddlers says, yep. And teenagers too, oh, yep. But there's a point where you want them to submit to you out of love, out of reverence, out of honor. And that's what we're going to talk about, biblical authority. Let's jump into the Bible because, come on, you need to get your reading in for today anyways. 1 Samuel 24, when Saul came back from fighting the Philistines another time, right? So he's, he's, chasing, he's chasing David. 
So the Philistines see him running amok, so they come back after him, right? So when Saul comes back from fighting the Philistines another time, he was told, now David is in the desert near En Gedi. If I said that wrong, sorry. You read it. Then Saul took 3,000 of the best trained men from all Israel and went to search for David and his men. So David, I mean, so Saul's getting the best. He's getting, what's the best rangers? What are those ones called? Rangers? In the army? You know those ones. They're so elite, we don't even know their name. Much respect. All right. Mr. Tim, what is the highest rank? Navy SEALs. Is it hard to be a Navy SEAL, right? Them Navy SEALs. So Saul's going collecting all the greats, all right? To do what? To hunt David. To hunt David, all right? So then Saul took 3,000 of the best trained men from all of Israel, went in search for David and his men on the rocks of the wild goats. Saul came to some sheep's pen along the road where there was a cave. Saul went into the cave to relieve himself. Saul had some business to do, all right? So he goes in the cave thinking it's all lonely in there by himself while David and his men were hiding from Saul in that same cave. Guys, this is a big cave. (laughs) All David's men are in that cave. They're way in the back, right? They're in the same cave. David's men told him, today is the day the Lord referred to when he said, Remember when God said he was going to deliver your enemies to you? He has delivered your enemy on a platter right here. We're leaving himself. Take him. You know you're at your most vulnerable state. You know. So David's men tell him, today is the day that the Lord referred to when he said, I'm going to hand your enemy over to you. You will do to him whatever you think is right. Because God could trust David. God could trust David that he was going to do what was right, right? But you always need an opportunity. Be thankful when your cup is bumped. It's just an opportunity of what's truly inside of you. And if you don't like what comes out, change what's on the inside, right? Change your information. Renew your mind. David quietly got up and cut off the border of Saul's robe. But afterwards... David's heart, his inner man, his moral character, his integrity, his heart after God troubled him because he had cut off the border of Saul's robe. I could see if he cut off a foot, you know, cut off an arm, try to get me now. It's like, ah. He barely cut off a robe and his heart troubled him. David said to his men, it would be unthinkable for me to raise my hand against his majesty, King Saul, the Lord's anointed king, since Saul is the Lord's anointed. So David stopped his men by saying this to them, and they didn't attack Saul because they wanted to attack Saul too, right? Okay, David, get out the way. If you're not going to do it, we'll do it. He stopped them. Saul left the cave after he was done with his business and went out into the road. Later, David got up, left the cave, and called to Saul, Your majesty, 
when Saul looked back, you were in that cave? David knelt down. You know how humiliating that could have been? David could have just been making fun of him. What, like seriously? You know what we just saw you do? David knelt down with his face touching the ground. David asked Saul, why do you listen to rumors? Let's take notes, fam. Why do you listen to rumors? Don't listen to rumors. Stop listening to rumors. Stop being a toilet where people put droppings. No, flush it no longer, right? You can no longer put your trash in me. Keep that to yourself. Go relieve yourself in a cave. Get away from me, run. Why do you listen to rumors that I'm trying to harm you? Today, you saw how the Lord handed you over to me in that cave. Although I was told to kill you, I spared you, saying, I will not raise my hand against your majesty because you are the Lord's anointed. My master Saul, look at this. Look at this. Look what I have in my hand. This is the border of your robe in my hand. Since I cut off the border of your robe and didn't kill you, you should now know and see. I've proven my character. I've proven my integrity. You should know when I had the opportunity to take you out, when I had the opportunity to uncover you, when I had the opportunity, come on, to take revenge, when I had the opportunity, what did I do? God's will be done. God's will be done. He said, you should know and be able to see, I mean no harm and I mean no rebellion. I haven't sinned against you, but you are trying to ambush me in order to take my life. May the Lord decide between you and me. May the Lord take revenge on you for what you have done to me. However, I will not lay a hand on you. It, it's, it's like people used to say long ago, wickedness comes from wicked people, but I will not lay a hand on you. Against whom has the king of Israel come out? Whom are you pursuing? A dead dog, a flea, me. So the Lord must be the judge. We'll, he will decide between you and me. He will watch and take my side in this matter and he will set me free from you. When David finished saying this, Saul asked, is that you, my son? Is that you, my sweet boy, David? Is that you speaking, my servant, David? And Saul cried, oh, forgive me. And he posted it on Facebook, all of his feels. Oh, I'm so repentant and change of my ways. You need a novella. Here it is. He cried loudly. He told David, you're more righteous than I. You treated me well when I treated you badly. Today, you have proved your honor. Today, you have proved your character. Today, you have proved your integrity, how good you have been to me. When the Lord handed me over to you, you didn't kill me. When a person finds his enemy, doesn't he send and doesn't send him away harmed? That's not what you just did. You saved my life. No. The Lord will repay you completely for what you did for me today. Now I know 
that you will certainly rule as king. And under your guidance, the kingdom of Israel will prosper. So since you have so much good integrity and character, swear an oath with me. Why? Because Saul knows that David's a man of his word. Saul knows that David will keep his word. He will keep his integrity and he'll keep his oath. He says, swear an oath to the Lord for me that you'll not wipe out my descendants or destroy my name and my father's family. So David swore to Saul. Then Saul went home and David and his men went to their fortified camp. David gives us an example. He gives us a picture. You know, we're like, well, nobody modeled that for me. Nobody showed it for me. And because nobody did it for me, then I'm going to treat everybody how everybody done treated me. I've been abandoned. I've been rejected. I've been knocked down. No. God gives us a picture, the word, the scripture. We got models. We got heroes of faith in the word to show us this is how you do it. This is how we do it. You want to look like a thug. You want to be like a thug. You want to act like the world, thug, life, whatever. Go for it. But you'll also have those results. Right? We want loyal friends. We want to be a real one. Then we need to know the word. And we get our examples from the word. David was a man of integrity. David was a man of his word. This is the year we are keeping our word. Our yes means yes and our no means no. When these kids be like, Auntie, will you show up for this? Auntie, will you be here for this? Auntie, yes or no? You want to know why they want a yes or a no? Because they know I keep my word. If I say, hold on, let me call you back, let me check my calendar. They're like, no, I want yes or no. Because they know as soon as Auntie says yes, she'll be there. She'll be there. Ring the doorbell. Ding, ding. That's my Auntie. She said she was coming. We got to keep our word. Our word should mean something, right? Our word should mean something to us, right? David was a man of integrity, his word, a man of character, a man of honor, a man of valor. David was a man after God's own heart, and David kept his promises. David understood biblical authority. David understood the assignment. Jonathan understood the assignment. Saul did not. Saul did not. Saul was deceived and he was jealous of David. Fam, we cannot be deceived. We cannot be deceived. Don't be deceived. Don't be wanting somebody else's life, somebody else's gift, somebody else's calling, somebody else's house, somebody else's vacation, somebody else's dream job. No, live your life. Discover who you are. Discover God's plan and God's will for your life. And the story is in the becoming. Like getting there is it's the making of you. That's the fun part. You wouldn't trade that because you never become that person without the way. Right? Saul didn't get it. He was deceived. He was jealous. We got to open our eyes to the times. Right? We are living in an anti-authority time. Anti-authority culture. Anti-authority era. It is everywhere that we look. And let me tell you, behavior is what? Behavior is mimicked. It's mimicked. It's mimicked. What are they, um, why do, even kids, all the time, I'm driving home, we've got a high school getting out, and what is going on? A fight breaks out. Just massive. Everybody's running. And you know what everybody's doing? Getting their cell phones. I so badly want to pull over and say, everybody stop. 
And we just want to be a mom. All of you in the corner. Who needs the butter? No, everybody's like this. Filming it. And what happens? Behaviors what? Mimicked and mimicked. They see one student do something crazy to a teacher, and now what? Mimic, mimic, doing crazy things to police officers. Mimicked, mimicked. Behavior is mimicked. Why do you think that the, the, it's so popular, these shorts? Mimicked, 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 mimicked. So we can all just be robots doing the same thing. Mimic, mimic, mimic. You know, before we used to mimic our parents' bad habits. Now we're mimicking everybody's bad habits. Wake up. It's everywhere that we look, right? Behavior is mimicked. More is caught than taught, right? Kids mimic what they see because talk is cheap. Empty threats are weak. We're all imitators. We should just be imitators of Christ. We're going to be either imitators of Christ or imitators of our generation, imitators of our family, imitators of our culture, imitators of our peers, imitators of our social media algorithm, our, I, our AI feed. You think you thought of that outfit? It was fed to you. You think you look cute? It was fed to you. Right? Like, why is she wearing my same boots? You guys have the same algorithm. The AI fed it to both of you. The amount of anti-authority content on social media is ridiculous. Right? Everyone these days has an opinion to post about. Everybody. You got an opinion to post about. You know what? I went here and they said this. And I went to this store and the customer service was this. Yeah, with that funky attitude, I'm sure it was. And then they're going to tell you all about it, right? They're going to get online. They're going to post this video about their opinion, how nobody can tell me nothing. Nobody can tell me nothing. They get on. They do their rant. I am my own boss. I am my own scripture. I am my own president. Are you? Really? I am my own authority. You got people on there. I am my own savior. Why are you struggling? Good for you. The spirit of head bobbing jumps on me too. I get frustrated. Like, put the camera down and, and do something with your life. Put the camera down. We got people dying because they're taking a selfie. They got, they're vlogging themselves walking into the street. You're vlogging yourself. Put your camera down. You're not your own boss. Right? Good for you. If people truly didn't care what anybody thought, they would not be seeking so much validation and affirmation, hoping that their video goes viral. Oh, that's going to go viral. That's a good one. Guys, can you think about how we're thinking? Like, my family is so interesting. Do you know how many, kids, how many people have said, oh, that's going to go viral, like, because their son and their daughter is so cute. They are so cute. But why is that the goal? Can't they just be cute? No, they got to go viral. Why? Why? We're being conditioned. 
We are being conditioned, right? If people truly didn't care, then they wouldn't be seeking so much validation, affirmation, right? Please get views. Please get likes, right? It's a joke. We got to wake up. We got to wake up. Do not be deceived. People post for affirmation and validation. People post. People vent for affirmation and validation. Will you affirm me? Will you be on my side? Because they said this, and this is what I said. And then they said this, and then this is what I said. If you already said it to them, why you got to say it to me? People gossip for affirmation and validation, right? We should be seeking transformation by the word of God in our everyday real lives. I want transformation for my everyday real life, not affirmation and validation from our story reels, right, from our fake feelers, filters, and our internet life. The internet you is not the real you. If you do not know that, I am so sorry. The internet you is not the real you. You see yourself when you wake up in the morning, and you need to brush your teeth, and you got to look in that mirror and say, girl, I love you. You, ugly you, stinky breath, night garden, you. Yeah, I love you. You a real one. Let's go after the word today. Let's go after God's will today. The real you. Let's go. Amen. Come on. As Christians, as Christ followers, as Bible believers, we got to seek transformation and we need to seek an understanding of biblical authority. God's word gives us a picture, gives us an example, right? We shouldn't just be just like everybody else, anti-authority. I'm my own boss. No, thanks. I got a king, King Jesus. He's my boss, right? I'm going to get off my own throne, and I'm placing Jesus there, allowing Jesus in that place. We can't be deceived, and we can't underestimate the assignment of biblical authority. Let me tell you, there's so much security in biblical authority. How can she be up there teaching? She's a woman. You know what? She's under biblical authority. That's the only reason she's up here. People come for me. No, I understand biblical authority. I was given the assignment. I didn't take it. I didn't take the stage. I didn't seek the stage. God will call you out. God will promote you. You don't need to promote yourself. There's so much security in biblical authority. There's so much security in true love and godly correction. If you have nobody in your life who corrects you, you've got nobody in your life who loves you. We will make up our own definitions about biblical authority without true foundation of the word of God. Because then we're going to make up our own definition, right? We make up our own definitions how? By our own pride. I don't like when you tell me something. Well, that's good. Two-year-olds don't like when you, they get told something. It's time to grow up, right? We make up our own definitions by our own past by our own family experience, by our own understanding, and authority can be a touchy subject. I get it. Because we have passed. We have hurt, right? But we can't continue to stay with an anti-authority attitude. We've been conditioned to be that way. We got to swim against the grain. We got to do it God's way. 
because it's the right way. We got to have godly character, allowing God's word to minister peace, truth, and freedom to our hearts, our soul, and our mind when it comes to the subject of biblical authority. And the best way to let go of the past is to give it to God. Here you go, God. You can have it. That's the best way to let go. He has the ultimate exchange policy. Anybody need to exchange something? I hate exchanging anything. Jesus, he's got the ultimate exchange policy. Give it to him, and the blood of Jesus covers it all. Covers it all, right? And if you want people to stop defining you by your past, by your uh, player era, by your hater era, by your, what else you got? Your loser, you lost all your money, bankruptcy era, by your cheating era, by your thirsty, dehydrated era. You know who you are. But if you want people to stop defining you by your past, then you better stop defining everybody else by theirs. It's time that we grow up, stop holding everybody's past against them, and let it go. Stop reminding everybody, you said this, and you said that. And I got this text and this tweet from 10 years ago when you said that, and I'm canceling you. Cancel me. I'm not anywhere to be canceled, thank God. But anyways... We got to stop holding people's past, right? And the reason that we don't let go of their past is because we're not letting go of ours. That's the reason. We got to let it go. We got to be healed. We got to be relentless. We've got to be free. We got to give it all to God and give and it'll be given unto you. Judge, lest, judge not lest you be judged. Jesus said in, in uh, Luke 638, 637, Judge not, do not judge others self-righteously, and you will not be judged. Guys, this is awesome. How do we stop all the drama in the house and the family? How do we stop all the marriage drama, all the sibling drama, all the rivalry? Here we go. Do not judge others self-righteously, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others when you are guilty and unrepentive, and you will not be condemned for your hypocrisy. You hypocrite, pardon others when they truly repent and change, and you will be pardoned when you truly repent and change. Give, and it will be given to you. Then they will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over with no space, no more left space. Come on. For with the standard of measurement that you use when you do good to others, it's going to be measured back to you. Give, and it will be given unto you. Treat others the way you want to be treated, Right? Treat others with honor and respect, having that same honor and respect for yourself. God loved you first. Receive that love. Love yourself and love others. Love others. God's aim is always love, love, love. Loving God, loving people, loving life. And we can't do any of these well while being bitter, jealous, petty, and anti-authority. Right? We got to understand the assignment. Love God, love people, and love life. 
Love God, love people, and love life because God is love. And God's aim is always love. God's law points us towards the aim. What's the aim? Love. Love, love, love. Love conquers all, right? Jesus conquered it all at the cross. And this makes us now more than conquerors. Let's go. Paul said in Romans 8, 37, I'm running out of time and I still have so much. We're on week six and there's still so much. Paul said in Romans 8, 37, Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors and gain an overwhelming victory through him who loved us so much that he died for us. When Jesus died on the cross, he restored God's authority and the structure of God's kingdom and church here on the earth. God's authority represents God himself. If we want to understand the kingdom that we live in with King Jesus, then we need to understand authority. We need to understand his kingdom. David understood biblical authority. God honored David for maintaining a good heart, attitude towards authority. His attitude was everything. Even when that authority straight up tried to kill him. You may have had a bad boss. You may have had a bad experience, but ain't nobody tried to kill you. That's next level. David said to Saul, may the Lord decide between you and me. May the Lord take revenge on you for what you did to me. However, I will not lay a hand on you. That's the Lord. Vengeance is the Lord's, not mine. Your heart attitude towards authority matters. Why do you think the devil is so promoting anti-authority, anti-authority? Because it creates chaos. When there's authority, there's order, there's kingdom, there's principles, there's rules that guide us into victory, guide us into success. And that's what we want. We got to maintain our heart attitude because that's your good measure. That's your moral character, right? When your cup is bombed, what comes out? You better check yourself before you wreck yourself. Let's go. David shows us the proper attitude towards God's authority. This is extreme level, obviously, right? Somebody try to take your life, call the cops right away, okay? I mean, you got to have great faith. The Lord be between me and you. Run, <laughs> run, call the cops, and then the Lord will be between you and them in jail, okay? But he gives us this example of a proper attitude towards God's authority. David trusted that God's will would be done over his own selfish revenge. David understood the assignment of submission to God's authority, right? Submission is a hard attitude, Obedience can be forced, but submission has to come from the heart, a willing heart, right? Obedience can be forced. Your heart attitude matters. David stayed honorable to God and his selected authority. He chose to stay honorable. David was what? He was a man of integrity. He was a man of his word, a man of character, honor, and valor, and he was a man after God's own heart. David knew that his time would come. David, he knew he didn't need to make himself famous. 
He didn't need to make a way for himself, right? He knew that God would make a way for him. He knew this. He did not need to take matters into his own hands. How many of us taken matters into our own hands and made a mess of our life, made a mess of our future? I'm going to take it into my own hands. I'm going to get it now. I'm going to have it now. How's it going? Dead, 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 right? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. When's the last time you asked God, God, what's your will? What's your plan for today? You're over here trying to find out God's will for your marriage. Find out God's will for today with your character, your integrity, your choices, right? David knew that he didn't need to take matters into his own hands, right? He didn't need to sell his integrity. He didn't need to sell his soul. He didn't need to get famous, to make the right connections, to get ahead. He knew God would make a way for him. He would stay with his integrity. David refused to act in rebellion. David refused to raise his hand. David refused to take authority. David recognized that authority was given by God, right? And God placed Saul in that authority, and God was going to be the one to remove him. God was going to be the one to remove him, not David. Saul allowed jealousy and deception in his heart. He was deceived in his heart. He could have been besties with David. They could have ruled. They could have reigned. But he hated him. He got deceived. He allowed that deception in his heart. And that's ultimately what took him out. That's what his downfall was. We can't let it be ours. Don't let that be your downfall. Jealousy, pettiness, anti-authority. Let it go. Be healed. Be relentless. Be free. Give it all to God, right? Give it all to God. Give and it'll be given unto you. What are we going to be giving? We're going to be giving grace, love, mercy, honor, respect, right? And give your whole heart to God. Give your whole heart to God. God, your will be done. Your kingdom come. Let's go. We are more than conquerors. We already have the victory in Christ Jesus. Keep your eyes up. Keep your eyes on him. And have a submissive heart. Let God be on the throne of your life. Let's get off the seat. Allow Lord Jesus, King Jesus, to be the Lord of our life. Amen. 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 You guys receive something tonight? Yes. Amen. I love you guys so very much. I'll see you all on Sunday. Let's go. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.